Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Moshe Kasher. And I'm Natasha Legero. And we've had a great week. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, come on, Tosh. This is the all positive episode of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. You just got busted. I know. I just ran upstairs and the nanny's like, what is that smell? It smells like pot. And I was like, it's a candle. And then I go, it's incense. And then I was like, it's Nak Champa. I mean, <laughs> she knows that's not true. I don't understand why you would lie. You, you often will lie when the truth will do. Well, because she's like, you know, like more of like my mom's age. So but I just... So what? You, she... What are you hiding from her? She can't get you in trouble. I mean, she's actually younger than my mom, but she has a more mom figure. Yeah, I know, but you're not, you can't, she can't ground you. You're allowed to say, yeah, it's pot. I was smoking pot downstairs. I was smoking pot. I smoke pot. I'm a pot smoker. How am I more open-minded about drugs and laid back about drugs than you are, and I don't do them? I guess I have like Puritanism in me. You got that Catholic school residual stardust. Yeah, my mom is like more, you know, square. Like, I don't think she's ever tried a cigarette or any any drug. My mom used to, when I was like eight, tell me about her experiences on acid. And, I re- and she was telling them to me as like a cautionary tale. And I remember being eight and being like, I will try that. I <laughs> will take that drug. That is the drug that I will take and I will take it. And then I got to be, I did, but I waited a long time. I wasn't. It wasn't until I was 12 that I first dropped acid. (laughs) So in a way it worked. Oh man, I'm so glad your brain is as good as it is because it really does kill brain cells in young young kids. My brain is as good as it is not in spite of taking LSD as as a tween. It's because of. What? It is. Oh no, I know what I mean. I think marijuana. If you smoke too much marijuana when you're... In high school, I think it kills your brain cells. What are you, a dare officer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am. You are? You work for dare? Mm -hmm. This was a nanny. She works for dare. (laughs) Oh, so that's why you had to lie to keep your job. (laughs) I mean, I don't know that that's really true. I I don't know that it isn't true. I mean, look, I don't want 12... Our kid, when she turns 12, to be smoking blunts. All I'm saying is... I don't know that it like kills your brain cells. Okay. Why don't you read some studies on it? Why don't you? How many have you read on it? I'll tell you how many brain cells I've lost since I started smoking pot. For you, think, t- you, you feel dumber? 
I mean, I feel dumber. I don't know. I'm sure that's just one contributing factor. To how dumb you've become? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's COVID. I think it's mom, m- being a mom and not having the, the bandwidth anymore to finish an article. I think it's like uh, the internet and it's, I think it's drugs. <laughs> well, why don't we ask our guest what she thinks? I'm sure she's done drugs in her life. I'm sure I mean, be. if Actually, you read her book, you would see that she is re- she's been to rehab and I think she doesn't do drugs. Don't, don't call me out on the mat like that. Okay, <laughs> don't try and pull my covers. Well, we'll ask her for some advice. On how young is too young. Let's a- she's a mother. Let's ask her if, if she thinks marijuana kills your brain cells. That sounds like a great plan. She's not just a drug user, ladies and gentlemen. She's a comedic <laughs> legend. She was on... Saturday Night Live uh, in the 70s. And more recently, she was on Dice with me. That's right. She played Natasha's... uh, Speaking of mom figures, another mom figure coming to the pod right now. This person actually played your mom on the Showtime hit series. But she is too young to really be my mom. Uh, But not too young to be a dare officer. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. Lorraine Newman. Hi, Lorraine. Hello, you guys. Hey, how's it going? Good. How do you like my closet? <laughs> well, it's very fuzzy. <laughs> That's deliberate. Lorraine, you look amazing. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> it's my life's work. You look great. We were actually thank just, you. Moshe was like, we were just having a dispute about drugs. And he's like, Let, let's ask Lorraine. And, I, and you know, he's like, she's cool. She does drugs. And well, I was like, well, I don't you th- want to know, honey, just ask. <laughs> no, this was the debate, Lorraine. The debate was, uh, was that Natasha smokes pot. I'm sober, but I have a more open-minded view about drugs and alcohol than she does. She likes to hide it, pretend she doesn't do it, like tiptoe around. <laughs> no, because we have a kid. So like... You know, for example, I was just debating with him. I said, I w- marijuana kills brain cells in teens. And he's like, thinks, thinks that we she should be... She sounds like a cop. That's what I think. <laughs> well, here's what I've learned. Uh, the brain does not stop developing until the age of 23. So it's a good idea to give your kids a chance to fully develop their brains before they experiment with drugs. Thank you. Well, That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> well, we, she, I was dropping acid when I was 12, and, I, and I, I, this is what the debate was. Am I smart despite it or because of it? Well, acid's different. Acid's like that a mind That is a good opener. question. Oh, then and again, did you do it? How much did you do it, Moshe? I did it too much too much he did it enough to never be able to do any drugs or alcohol again (laughs) (laughs) after 14 (laughs) well that's what i because you're a mom too like that's what i would tell my kid i would be like if you if you wait you can be like your mom who started at 30 and i get to do it my whole life now and kind of dabble or if you do it really too early you might end up like your dad and never even be able to have a glass of wine at an italian restaurant (laughs) but is that is that your choice what to be sober? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it. You you went through that stuff too, right? Yeah. You talked about yeah. it in your book. I mean, is it ever really your choice to <laughs> lose control of drugs and alcohol and then have to get sober? Not really, but Never yeah, no. your I'm... choice to lose control. That's for cotton picking sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess you, but you know, everybody m- reaches their end of the road. But uh, the only reason I asked you if it was your choice was I wasn't sure whether you like me, just didn't like alcohol. I didn't like it. I didn't drink. Ah. I definitely liked drugs a lot. And I am now, my situation is a little unique in that I got sober. I was part of the kind of the second wave of just say no uh, drug rehab in the 90s. I went to rehab when I was super young, like 14, 15 years old. And I got sober. Oh, you're so lucky. Yeah, people (laughs) say that. Uh, People do say that. But it doesn't feel like luck. <laughs> it feels like the opposite. But now I've been sober 27 or something years since I That's was 15. Fantastic. And That's great. It's good. Yeah, it's good. You, <laughs> you like being sober, walking through this pandemic world without um, the ability to dr- drop uh, acid? <laughs> I, I cannot imagine. No, my drug of choice now is uh, Netflix. Uh-huh. <laughs> everything. I mean, I have seen everything. You ask me about a show as long as it's not a reality show. Uh, I could tell you what it was about. You want to give us some top picks? Yeah. Since there's so much sure. to look through. These are Lorraine Newman's top pick, <laughs> top pandemic picks. 
Okay, first of all, anything that is a Swedish noir, mm. any kind of, you know, Swedish uh, detective procedural, that stuff is so well done and so good. Also, British crime. I like a lot of crime dramas. Am I not? I'm very, that's very common, I think. A lot of comics I know or people in the area of comedy like crime dramas. Do you guys watch comedy at all? No, never. I never. I like it. Natasha does like it. I won't. Listen. I'll watch any comedy. I won't listen to it a comedy depends. podcast. I will. I only want hard drama. But you seem to like drama with an accent. <laughs> it's it's true. That's true, Marsha. I do. I like it a lot that way. And um, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why that is. Um, well, the British, the British have a way of making things feel more dramatic. But I would say the nor the the Scandinavians feel thing, their accent makes things feel less dramatic. It's a little sillier, you know. Well, that's a matter of opinion. I think their stuff can be. There's a there's a trilogy called uh, Department Q, and it's three movies, and that stuff is dark, dark. Department you- Unbelievably, Q. yeah. Department Q. It's three movies, um, but oh my God, there's just so many shows. Uh, I just finished watching the second season of a Spanish show called Sky Rojo, and it's about um, a brothel in Spain and uh, all of the characters and the situations that happen with that. <laughs> uh, it's so brutal. I love, I, I, I never, I never watched this genre. No, so. Natasha definitely. But I think I would like it. What, crime? No, but if it I has, don't think so. everything has like this kind of romantic, like, you know, another, another world, another language. Like, I like subtitles too, because I feel like it makes you watch the show and not be on your phone while you're. That's true. Although what, some of the comedies that I did like, I love your show, Natasha. I loved Another Period. That was Aww, a, what it was called. Thank you, yes. I, I loved that show. I thought it was so good. It was so up my alley in every way. The tone of it. Oh, that's... We should have had you on. I I would have loved to have been on, but, you know... Well, maybe we'll make, a, we'll make a movie of it. Speaking of Say La Vie and people with accents that are in the entertainment industry, I... I just found out that you studied with Marcel Marceau, and I have some um, I have some uh, family um, uh, inside information about the Casher family. My father was like a uh, uh, a kind of experimental artist in the Lower East Side in the in the sixties, and Marcel Marceau saw one of his performances and invited him to come. He was a deaf guy. My father was, and he invited him to come study under him. And it was, to me, always the great opportunity that didn't occur. My father could have been a mime, but instead was a postal worker. Uh, what, <laughs> what was Mar- what's uh, that? What oh was that God. like? What was I? Tell me about that. Well, it was great. I had actually studied here in L.A. since I was 16. I had like four years of it. Or no, not four. I, I had, you know, from 16 to when I graduated high school. I of studied mime? mime? Of mime and improv, actually. I learned improv as well, not knowing that I would learn that. But um, And then uh, when I ended up at Marceau's school, it was complete French immersion, but it was also a lot of deaf students. Oh, is that right? That must have been maybe he was into that. Yeah, there were definitely a good percentage of the students were deaf. Cool. So it was total immersion with a- ASL too. Well, that makes total sense that you would pick deaf people because there are they already have extremely expressive faces. It's a part of the way they communicate anyway. And I imagine if you're going to go to a full French immersion school, the easiest one would be mime school because you don't talk that much, right? <laughs> yes. Well, but they're still saying, you know, I uh, don't see anything funny about that or something like that. You still and, got it. You know, Oh, thank you. But you know what's weird um, is, I don't know if you know this, Lorraine, French, American Sign Language is 70% French Sign Language. I'm right. In, I know, like, cur, yeah. for heart. I know. It's it's a, interesting that way. Yeah. And, Are you, do you, so do you know ASL, Lorraine? No. Oh, I can okay. do the alphabet now. That's about it. Right. But do, do you know I'm trapped in a box, Lorraine? I, I don't know that I'm trapped <laughs> in a box. Wow, that's well, good. Zoom comedy. <laughs> We finally found a use for Zoom comedy. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, help me, help me. So you've you've done so much. Like, are you kind of like a, a gape at like the world right now, or are you like, you know what? I expected this. This will pass. Like, or are you just kind of like floored? No, I think we're doomed. <laughs> uh, I really. <laughs> 
I, I really, I've got to find that uh, TikTok channel that is just all positive stuff because between the racism and the stupidity and uh, the corporate greed that's propagating all of this, like, bullshit and subterfuge. Don't forget global warming. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's part of corporate greed. It all boils down to corporate greed. I was reading an article on Mitch McConnell, sidetrack, and, I mean, he has three daughters who pretty much don't talk to him. And there's, like, you know, people that knew him in the beginning of his career, and they said, nah, he was always about power. He, was, he never started as an, some idealistic guy. I don't <laughs> This is such good fodder for your podcast. No, but, but you know what? I think the thing you said is true, but then also I, I, I think we still have to be hopeful, right? I mean, oh, you absolutely. have to be. So it's like as long as we have that, it's like a sliver. It's the light. It's the... I, I really think that people, you know, humanity has painted themselves into a corner. Yeah. And I think when, when it really push comes to shove, we will pull ourselves out of it. In a way, we're all trapped in a box, right? When you think we are we are all trapped in a box, <laughs> and all the, the the global warming is uh, is coming closer and closer and closer. closer. Uh, so I want to hear about your performance artist dad. Well, my dad was a deaf guy that um, he, you want to hear the big, the great, the, beyond Marcel Marceau. Here's the big, the bigger heartbreak of my father's artistic life. He, basically, he was a deaf guy that was an abstract impressionist painter in the '60s. In had two, we have a wall of his paintings at our house. We do. We'll, he, we'll post it. He was very talented, but then he he became uh, after my mother left him. He became a, uh, a born again Orthodox Jew. Left pa- art behind. Stopped painting, packed all of his supplies into a, into a storage locker, joined the United States Postal Service where he <laughs> retired. Uh, no, he didn't retire. He died. But that's a but kind of retirement a, he when was you think also of it. Hasidic, like, yeah, he like, got real religious. I have never seen a Hasidim postal worker. Well, he was deaf. So he had, you know, he, he occupied more than one world as a result of that. You know what I mean? He like, that's he, be- amazing. he became religious, but he was never fully accepted as a religious person. And then also became, he was, he was just between two worlds. But here's the great heartbreak of my young, my father's artistic life. He had two, two stories in a brownstone in the Lower East Side, two floors that he lived in that he rented for like $40 a month. And they offered to sell it to him for like, tw- I think, $20,000 or something for two oh floors, God. not two apartments, oh, two oh, floors. Do you know where I would be right now, Natasha? Yeah, you'd have like kind of a small, annoying apartment in the Lower East Side. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a nice house in Los Angeles. Would you guys ever want to live in New York? You know, I was just thinking that my friend was saying that n- New York, you know, it's just it's just a more expensive city than L.A., you know, and putting your kids in private school, if you want to do that, like everyone does that there. And it's like, I think a million dollars until college to put your kids in private school. Yeah, I don't like know that. To, yeah, I just feel like it seems scary for your kids. Well, you've lived in both. What's better? Take the subway. I don't know. Well, I grew up in Los Angeles. I am from California. I come from a car culture. And you'd be surprised how oppressive it feels to be in a city where you can't drive yourself. For me, New York was utter toil. It's like if I wanted to do a big marketing and and pick up my dry cleaning in one day, forget it. Yeah. You know, you couldn't. It was just too much work. Yeah. So um, That's why it's good to be young there, like in your 20s. Yes. Or have unimaginable wealth. Right. But then then what? You pay someone to, you're you're a 20 year old who pays someone to go do their errands? No, it's it's like you either want to be 20 or a billionaire and then New York will open itself to you. Being a billionaire is like being an old 20-year-old. It would be like, like being a 20-year-old for life. My firstborn went away to college and has never come back, and they're almost 30. They to, went to New York? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, Third no, generation Californian now lives in New York for good, I'm pretty sure. I feel that before the pandemic, California... Uh, quality of life wise had a marked advantage over New York I mean New York you can't deny it's beautiful it's awesome beautiful maybe isn't the right word it's awesome there's street life it smells like piss there's rats on the street it's the most fun place but it's the (laughs) most fun place uh, in in America maybe in the world there's a nice park 
There is more than a nice park in New York. In New York. No, I love New York. <laughs> Obviously, I want to live there. I'd like to live at the Dakota, though. But the problem was the pandemic. They got through the pandemic with better mental health than we did. Because the advantage of, of Los Angeles prior... Well, here's, what my, here's my theory that I'm working with and my friend Louis Katz told me about. Basically, the advantage we had was our disadvantage. Because we have yards and personal space and we're not trapped in a little shoebox, we were able to create these bizarre cocoons of uh, agoraphobia in Los Angeles where we didn't have to leave the apartment so that by the time the pandemic started to thaw a bit, although thank goodness it's it, we're getting back to it. Uh, by the, <laughs> and by, by it, he means a new variant. Yeah, the Delta Plus, we got <laughs> Lambda coming meant. in. We got all, oh and this is an exciting time. But Try anyway, to make room for Lambda. Yeah, we got we to get oh, this Delta dear. out of here and get the Lambda going. <laughs> But I think that New Yorkers came out of the pandemic a little bit more mentally healthy because they ha they were forced to go out into the world. This right. Whole time. I would not leave my house sometimes for three or four or five days. Yeah. That's my theory. I, Lorraine, what do you think? Well, I, I'm not sure because uh, I would think it would be the opposite because New York is so... Well, actually, no. They, their street life is, is it's all about that because they are... Yeah, you're right. They never had the opportunity to hide they had to go out even though they they got hit maybe harder they, i don't even know if they did get hit harder with the, with covid they did but the, they but did. they had they had to go out the whole time they never really could convince themselves that it was normal to be inside of your four walls for months at a time because the city doesn't really allow for that so they won this round but we still have great surfing that's true can't deny it that's all you need lorraine do you have did you have anything you learned this pandemic or Anything you want to share with us? Yeah, drop some I wisdom. I learned that, that uh, the TV can be your boyfriend for only so long. <laughs> but he can be Swedish, he can be British, <laughs> he can be Spanish, he can be anybody you want. I like variety. I love variety. <laughs> well, um, I think that, yeah, you're right about that. And we got to get the fuck out of our houses. And... Uh, I've been going to movies. I've been going, you know, at the very beginning, I was going to the market. I just followed the protocol. I was not scared. As long as I, I felt if we followed the protocol, and that was before the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like, you know, I thought if we just wore masks and at times gloves and sanitized everything, I was going to be okay. Well, yeah, it, it, we have a very New York, Los Angeles uh conflict in, in, in our family between Natasha and me because my great love is nature and camping and Natasha's great love is luxury and hotels and we've found That's a so way to cute. well we found a way to like Jack Spratt and his wife it throughout the course uh -huh. of our relationship but during that. the pandemic the luxury and the hotel that was kind of unavailable to us. So I really started like all, it was always Yeah, I'm like trying words. to like put the reins down now. I'm yeah. just like skidding into like help. <laughs> uh, we got to get to a, to a, a high-end boutique hotel soon or we're not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Those are wonderful. Oh, hi. Go to Ohio. Yeah, that'd go be to nice. Ohio. We're going to Ohio. Yeah, great stuff there. Um, well, I think we should take a call. Yeah. Because we have okay. a girl. Wait, do we have someone waiting? Okay, she's waiting. So, are you are you cool with that? To maybe uh, totally, see yeah, what's up I'm with ready. These? Let's go. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Um, would you say you're a good cook? Uh, no, I would not say that. I wouldn't either. But you know what is good, what? and what makes even someone like you able to make a healthy and delicious gourmet meal? Oh, I know. What? Green Chef. Green Chef. Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy-to-follow recipes perfect for your lifestyle, whether it be keto, paleo, plant-powered diets. Or, or even if you just want to eat in like a more balanced, exactly. healthy way. Exactly. That's kind of what I'm trying to focus on. More vegetables, more fruit, more beans. I like their vegetarian stuff I got. What do they say? The classic refrain is, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Well, we got the mostly plant uh, package over here at Green Chef. And it's so delicious. Honestly, these meals are delicious. They make you feel like you've accomplished something really cool. And they're totally healthy. Everything is hand-picked featuring organic veggies and high-quality proteins delivered to your door. The your most door. important part. Then Everything's already measured. Avoid Delta. I can never find my measuring cup. You don't need to. You just rip a little thing and it's pop it It's pretty easy. And yes, I do. does make me feel a little sense of accomplishment. I feel like one of those 50s housewives. It's really nice. Except <laughs> it's unlike a 50s housewife, you're not making Salisbury steak or tuna mash. 
You're making these delicious things. We made these Moroccan carrots that were so tasty and so good. Anyway, I listen, thought I wouldn't have even gotten a husband in the 50s. You probably wouldn't have. Didn't you have to know how to cook dinner? You're lucky. You're lucky you are a modern woman. And we are all lucky that we live in modern times. Even though the ice caps are melting, you can have healthy, delicious meals delivered straight to your door to cook. Go to greenchef.com slash honeymoon100 and use that code honeymoon100 to get $100 off. That's a big discount plus free shipping. Go to greenchef.com slash honeymoon100 and use code honeymoon100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. So we are going to call Aaron in Denver. Oh, we should say the name of your book, May You Live in Interesting Times, The Curse. Yes. And we definitely live in interesting times <laughs> the right curse. now. The curse. I love Boy, that. Boy, howdy. Hi. Oh, there hi. she is. Hi. Hi, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Oh, it's Natasha, Moshe, and our friend Lorraine Newman. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Hi, Aaron. You're so pretty. God. All of our callers are like really young and hot, and uh, we're happy to help them out. Yeah, we're happy to screen them <laughs> to make sure they are. Erin, uh, <laughs> what's happening? Why? How can we help? Okay, so um, basically a little while ago, I had um, hooked up with a guy at a friend's birthday party. And um, he, I wouldn't say he's like in our core group of friends, but he's kind of like maybe a fringe member. Um, and basically I realized pretty quickly that I wasn't interested in anything else with him. Um, and... I think my fatal error was that I kind of like skirted it at first and played it off like, you know, I'm a teacher and we're going into like a really difficult year and I just don't really have time. Um, and he, uh, I was hoping that he would kind of get the hint and he, he's like, I'll wait. No, seriously, <laughs> Natasha, like you totally nailed it. Um, basically I, um, haven't hung out with him the entire year that he's been asking. He's kind of been asking me on dates or to go camping. for a year. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. This is like uh, so obvious. But hold on. What's let's, <laughs> let's get to it. What's the question? Okay. So my question is, is that how do I end this with him while maintaining some sort of civility since I will definitely see him again. And because it didn't really come out and say that I wasn't interested to start with. Um, so I don't know how to approach that now because that seems kind of like, oh, well, why didn't you say that from the beginning? Does that make mm -hmm, sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Lorraine, thoughts? Do you have any yet? I have been in a similar position, although you dare when you say hooked up. Did that mean that, uh, that you, you met up for a meal or something? Yeah, or did yeah. Okay. All right. Um, boy. So you're concerned that he may think that you've strung him along because you haven't said it all this time. Yeah, definitely. I thought he would kind of like get the hint, but he... No, no. You ha This is like an exercise and this isn't even about him. This is about you. This is about an exercise in you and you exercising your directness as a woman because it's really important and it's a really important quality that you'll need in relationships, in business. And you're going to see how it feels when you say it to him. You're going to be extremely direct. And if he says, well, why did you string me along? You'll just be like, I'm really sorry if that's how it felt. You know, I'm, I didn't mean to and I'm apologizing and I just want you to know now if he gets emotional but hopefully it won't go there and by the way speaking of uh, getting the hint he's not the only one that needed to get the hint you needed to get the hint at about month three that he's kept calling you that you were dealing with a thirsty buffoon that wasn't going to take any of these subtle <laughs> clues you've been dropped these, these oh, breadcrumbs <laughs> you've been leaving oh, God, <laughs> wait a second I gotta just pick my my uterus up from the floor I just it fell out um, one thing Aaron I think that the truth it sounds like to me is that you just didn't know how yeah, yeah. and I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that Mm -hmm. that, and that's a honesty. Natasha and I, we debate this all the time. Like, I think being honest nine times out of 10 is better than the con elaborate constructed lie that you figure out because Absolutely. lies always get you into this like sticky trouble where you're like, oh, I didn't anticipate this reaction to the lie. But what Lorraine's saying is true. If you tell him the honest truth, I didn't know how to just say I wasn't in. That's there's no what what follow up questions can there be? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I do, I, I do think I can do that at this point because I'm so ready for him to like stop. Um, but 
I'm cons- I don't know how to approach that because a lot of the times when he asks me to hang out or meet up, it's like kind of under the guise of something that doesn't exactly come off as a date. So it mm. feels I you feel should weird. never be hanging around him by by yourself. He's yeah. part of your friend group now. Mm-hmm. So like that would t- that would torture him. Now, now you're going to go to movies as friends, even though you're so hot and he's totally attracted to you and kind of a little butthurt, even though he says he's not. But you guys are going to still go out as friends. No. But here's the other. Here's the other reality. He does know. The guy knows. He's not that stupid that he's like, I think she's interested. It's it's only been 11 months. I think she's interested. It's like. He knows. He just hope he, he just, has to. You're probably a little out of his league. I'm kind of guessing here. And he knows, <laughs> yeah. but he's so if you do anything, if you leave any door open, he will take it. It's the Mickey Rooney, uh, Ava Gardner approach, and you won't know any of those people, but it's like, I'll just wear her down. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I would also say he's, it's probably not going to be exactly the same as it was before. He's probably going to be a little hurt. It's probably going to be a little weird around him for a while. And I think you just have to be nice. Try not to be alone with him. Always bring a friend and, and just be really cool and sweet and talk to him if he talks to you, you know, just... Just try to imagine how it was and hopefully it'll get there. But it's probably it might be a little awkward at first. And you just have to be willing to have that uncomfortability in your life because you have to be direct with people. Do you want to try it, Erin? Yes, Natasha. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, let's role play. Come on. Wait, Lorraine, do you want to be the boy? (laughs) Don't make her do that. She's an an improv legend. (laughs) I think that you would be much better because, uh, yeah, with the. Thirsty buffoon. I mean, I, can, <laughs> okay, I cannot right. top that. I'll be the guy. Okay. Hey, Aaron, it's me. I just was wondering if you wanted. Where do you live? Denver. If you want to go, like, just uh, to a stream or some kind of boulder that we could <laughs> climb up at some some point, I'm around. Thank you so much for thinking of me. That's oh, really for sure. Fun. That's all I do. <laughs> a year now. Um. Uh, I wish I had kind of like mentioned this before, but I'm just really not interested. I think you're a great guy and I would love to be friends, but... Oh, you want to be friends? Okay, let's go to the boulder. (laughs) Okay, this is such a good point because I feel like (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how to like... I feel like if I say like, hey, I'm not interested and he's like, oh, I was just trying to hang out. Like we're friends. We've been friends for like 15 years. Like, why are you being so weird? Yeah. yeah. 15 yeah. years? Yeah. I just... We like we grew up in Boulder together. I've known him for a really long time. Um, I wouldn't say we're like close. Like it, like he's not in the core group of friends. But like, yeah, I've known him casually for about. So this sounds like you might need to send a text. Yeah. Email. This is an email. An email. <laughs> Are you genuinely interested in being friends with him? Oh, good question. Laura. Um, yeah, good question. He, I guess I would say like no. Okay, don't offer that then. So right. Yeah. Then why did you start with that? Yeah. I because it feels softer. I don't know. I don't want to. Like- I I think it's going to be a hard thing. I think you're going to have to send him a text and say, hey, there's something I want to talk to you about. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to because it would be rude to do the whole thing over text. And then maybe he'll call you and you can say, listen, and not in person. I would do a phone and I would have notes and I would say, listen, um, I just wanted to talk to you about, you know, I know we've been hanging out a little more feeling like maybe there might be something. But I just want you to know that I'm just not really feeling it that way. And I just want to be really clear with you now, you know, and make sure that there's no misunderstanding. I don't know. Are there any buzzwords you guys can help with? I mean, I would. Actually- so there's no, you know, and then he can handle it. I, I actually would advocate for a pure text relationship here an email because i think i could, you don't like it lorraine you think it's well hear me out hear my reason you out. you damn kids with your email and your texting that is just rude Vicky rooney wouldn't have done that <laughs> wait all i'm saying is i can tell that you are a person who panics in the middle and will soften in real time and 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 capitulate and capitulate and if you get all your thoughts out in a in an email and send it to him then you won't there won't be ambiguity where you're like you're so embarrassed at what you're having to do that you then make yourself in a future uncomfortable situation i mean all you really need to tell this guy is i know that we you know we've we've had romantic interludes in the past but over the year i've been thinking i'm just not up for a romantic connection with you that's it has, has he not just nailed the way you would have done this, no, how no, you would have competed. Had he not just nailed it, that is so um, insightful. 
Really, well, Moisha. Well, thank you. Natasha? All right. Well, I, I think you have some great advice and uh, you can just, you know, replay it when it airs and write it down, write down what Moshe said and just keep me and Lorraine's influence in mind. Don't offer him something that you, you're really not genuinely willing to give him just to soften the blow. Don't do that. And don't do it with another guy either. <clears throat> I, the, yeah, like Natasha was saying, like, this is a part of the journey of like, self-empowerment too so it's like it's good in a weird way i used to date anybody who liked me Mm. yeah i mean i've definitely done that i think in the past we all have dear (laughs) 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 all right well good good luck luck, honey we'll talk to you later okay bye bye They're so cute. She was sweet. Oh, that's a burden being that pretty and having guys being thirsty buffoons all over. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I could tell. I could just, just by looking at her, I could tell his whole dynamic. I just knew who (laughs) he was. You're so honored. Just what his thing was. A little close to home, huh, Mosh? No. I'm just saying. Mosh is a sober 16 year old raver trying to get with the hottest chick in the dance floor. All I'm saying is that guy probably, when he hooked up with her, was like, this is. I've been waiting for this for my whole <laughs> life, finally. For and then, 15 years. <laughs> since the early days in Boulder. And then finally she hooks up with him and he's been trying ever since. He know. oh, poor, I feel sorry for the guy, not her. She'll be fine. Yeah, but I think as women, we're just so pissed off when guys don't get the message. Yeah. And force us to confront them. It's just such a pisser. Lorraine, have you ever asked a guy out? I never have. Let me think. I'm sure that I have, yes. Because I, you know, I mean, you're very pretty, Natasha. Thank you. So I, you. I had to work a little harder. So, yeah, I, I used to. Well, ask you had guys way. Out. Well, first of all, that's not true. You were so oh, hot. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I think it's, it's what people's taste is. I'm also like 4'11, so, you know. Yeah, and that's my taste. Well, I often heard that being petite is sexually endearing. <laughs> That's a, that was the, my opening line to Natasha. That's so weird. <laughs> I would say it would be more endearing than like someone super tall because I feel like that might intimidate more men than I, I think at most guys could like see themselves dominating a woman. But most, a lot of guys like tall women. I've dated both. I, I dated a six foot tall woman once and then I married a four foot 11er. And to me, they're all human beings. <laughs> well said. <laughs> Um, should we take another caller? Yeah. How much time do we have with Lorraine? Also, I don't want to. Uh, oh, good. We still have time. I'm good. All right. Let, are you ready to do another call? Let's have it. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. Would you say I stink like a big old pile of poo-poo? No. No, I don't. I you kind of smell more like coconut, vanilla. Herbal kinda, you, musk, you lavender like, and rose. Yeah, like a little citrus something Honestly, going on. One of the greatest benefits of this podcast has been switching my deodorant company to Native. We got it for free because we are uh, reading ads for them at the beginning of the podcast. And I started using it. I've always been looking for a more natural deodorant that actually worked. That's Native. I use all the scents and I love it and I think I smell so good. And also, they now have sunscreen and that stuff smells good too. They got a coconut and pineapple. I feel like I'm drinking another freaking pina colada. You can even build your own personalized product bundles, mix and match three of your favorite scents and keep them on rotation so you have something for whenever you want. And also, it smells great and it works and it's natural. No aluminum. Yes, we're British now. <laughs> stay fresh, stay clean with Native by going to nativedeo.com slash honeymoon or using the promo code honeymoon at checkout and you can get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash honeymoon or use promo code honeymoon at checkout for 20% off your first order. And remember... We do ads because we love this stuff. Let's call Sammy in Cincinnati. <sighs> I hope this woman's not overly attractive. Oh, I hope so, too. Oh, God, she I... is. Damn it. Can you see her? Oh, she is. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're great. How's Cincinnati? Oh, it's the best. It's good. Do you ever get that? Uh, don't you guys have that pasta with chili on it? Isn't that your thing? Oh, Skyline. Yeah. You guys don't have Skyline? 
in California, no, we don't have pasta with chili here. It's not. It's not a a, a, a Los Angeles treat. I, I've been I'm, to Cincinnati, and I don't know what you guys are talking about. They they got chili with with pasta. I mean, what what more is there? To- chili and pasta together. Wow. Yeah, I think it's fucking gross, but people love it. So. <laughs> and it's called it's called Skyline. <clears throat> That's the name of the the restaurant, right? Oh, it I makes see. you think, Lorraine, about what? Yeah, it makes you think. Somebody, <laughs> you know. There's a pot for every lid. Uh, somebody thought of the idea of putting chili on pasta. What else could we do with chili? It just kind of sounds like they, they didn't have time to make like meatballs or bolognese. It is like a it's bolognese thing. It's like fake thing. bolognese. Right. All it, right, it's anyway. It's like bolognese with beans. Bolognese and beans. Um, <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Um, you just said that Cincinnati's awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. What do you love about it? I don't know. I can't explain it. I've lived in, in multiple places and I actually lived in, I, I wouldn't say I lived in California, but I lived in my car in California for like a month and I could not, I couldn't wait to get back here. Well, the beaches are definitely nicer in Cincinnati. There's no doubt about also, that. Also, Cincinnati is better than living in your car. <laughs> An apartment in Cincinnati. Natasha's going <laughs> to go on the record finally and say, are you from Cincinnati? I'm from Dayton, which okay. is smaller. And- well, I'm from Illinois and I'm similar Rockford, Illinois, like Midwest. And so I'm always kind of intrigued by people who love it there because I'm so happy I left. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know what it is, and I wish I could explain it, but I, like, only like New York and Cincinnati, and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> You're a classic, a classic trope. Um, Sammy, how can we help? Why did you contact us? Okay, so I'm wondering how to unfriend zone my husband. Um, <laughs> that's really my question. There are kind of follow-up questions, but that's, like, that's the question. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So um, when we got married, we didn't know each other very well. And we didn't have time to like establish a friendship. Um, Wait, can and- you t- tell us more? Why? <laughs> why? Explain. Why is that? Um, I don't know. Unhealthy. Li- I mean, I'm glad I married him. It's not. We have. I like our relationship. Was he the but- guy next door to you in the parking lot in California? <laughs> Was it an arranged marriage? Yeah, gas money to get back to Cincinnati? He he was living in it with me. Um, So we do well together 24-7, obviously, because we didn't, like, murder each other in the car. But, um, no, we just, like, I was in a bad relationship, and he had just, like, sworn to not date anymore. Um, And then, naturally, we started dating and just got engaged kind of shortly after because we just knew we wanted to marry each other. Um, Not super rational. So is he in the friend zone now because you're not physically attracted to him anymore? I'm physically attracted to him. I was like a serial player before I met him. Um, And then I think by the time, but he's like a good guy. So I think by the time that I had gotten used to like commitment, I had found other things to focus on to like, I'm like a chronically bored person um, to like keep myself entertained. And we just really prioritize like our friendship and our careers above the romantic side of things. So by the let me just say, I like that your, your life story is kind of like uh, Sid and Nancy, but your look <laughs> is kind of wellness influencer. <laughs> kind of interesting like you don't you don't look how your story you know i'm living in my car i married a shotgun wedding you know i was a player i was a player yeah but you look like mary poppins you look like you hand dip soy candles (laughs) and also your house behind you you have like framed photos of your family and like you know beautiful furniture thanks I do make my own soy candles. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. That's good. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> again, Moish nailed it again. Nailing it again, Natasha. Okay, it's here. It's almost telepathic. You need to be able just to li- say it in different words, what your question yeah. is. Yeah. What's the problem? How does he get in the friend zone? And why is that undesirable? Okay. So part of my question, honestly, is like, we're both not concerned about it. So part of the question is, do you guys hear that? And you're like, what the fuck? And you're like, wow, that's concerning. 
But wait, um, no, Sammy, let me stop you. We don't know what you COVID? we don't know what you mean. Are you not are you not having sex? Is that what you're saying? No, we like okay, so we function like roommates that are super best friends that occasionally fuck. And I am generally asleep. I think I have this thing called sexomnia. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I this is like real life where um Kevin will like come into the bathroom and be like sam and i'm like what and then i'm like fuck did we have sex last night that is not called sex somnia no, i i initiated <laughs> in my sleep but oh, yeah. okay got it sammy you what you're describing is marriage <laughs> <laughs> or if you're younger it's assault um but wait okay so so you don't you barely have sex and when you have sex half the time you don't even remember it because you initiated while you were sleeping. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And like, neither of us are unhappy with the way things are going. Like we like our dynamic. It's more of randomly. We'll be like, shit, are we going to be kicking ourselves when we're 50? Like what, you know, should we have invested more in the romantic side of things? Um, I mean, you're basically describing every single person coming out of a marriage in a pandemic <laughs> right now. You, I th you think that people are less sexually connected? I think that we're all in some weird friend, not friend, enemy, whatever. I don't know, like zone. We're all in like these zones, aren't we? Uh, no, I wasn't until right now. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, I oh, just God. mean like there's a there's a level of I mean, because. I, I don't know, uh, indescribable confusion, roles, we're not getting out, we have no life, What are my, everyone's afraid, no. we're, I, I mean, it's am I crazy? It's, less, it's a less sexy time than there's ever been because everybody's sort of like in their underwear 24-7 for a full were year. Were you feeling this way before the pandemic? Mm. Yeah, not as okay. much, but like, yeah, I was very um, focused on like, my education and career and um we just started to like function like best friends at that point well i think it's time for a thruple <laughs> um, honestly not a terrible suggestion <laughs> you know i'm kidding um geez i mean having a, them be your best friend is really important mm. that is true that is true i mean so maybe it's like adding a few like going out excursion romance to it, you know, and like trying to work on that part of it and not try to just make them not your best friend. Why don't you keep that and amp up the fun, more fun romantic side, which will lead to um, sex where you're awake. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, initiating sex and not remembering it. I have never heard of that. Yeah, it's Real a millennial problem. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a male problem. I, I think Natasha's onto something here. Like you and Lorraine said it too. You have this relationship that you 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 self-describe as something that you're satisfied with. You like the dynamic, but there's something that you're feeling like, hmm, maybe this isn't romantic enough. So why don't you just add so add some romance, even if it feels artificial, even if it feels forced, add some conscious hours romance and try that ten times and then see where your relationship is at. Are you still happy with it? Because you're young. You're not. It's not like you're like about to make a decision where in 50 years you'll look back. It's like you can recalibrate this decision at any time, right? You don't have kids? No. No, so you're welcome to recalibrate this decision in a year or two years and go, you know what? I thought I was happy with it, but what I really want is a great love of my life like a romance novel. Or, you know what? No, that wasn't what was for me. What was for me was this type of situation. So why don't you just add a little bit of conscious... You know, I'm going to whatever as corny as you want it to be roses, l lingerie, whatever. I hate lingerie, but you know what I'm saying? Just some, some bullshit marker of what romance looks like to you guys and see what happens. See if it changes things. And, and also be easy on yourself because people are like, this is like the Great Depression that we're entering. But it's like, yeah, well, at least they had the roaring 20s and people were like getting drunk in like, you know, basements. Like now it's like we're afraid to even go out to dinner with someone outside. You know, it's like this is like a we're all living through this like hell. Sammy, does he feel this way? Um, yeah, we're very, we're very much on the same page about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. You, you, you've invested. So wait, Lorraine, did you have a follow up to that? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, um, 
I, I know how this sounds, but maybe you should have an open marriage. At least it would give you a perspective uh, to not be kicking yourselves. You would have fulfilled that curiosity. I mean, I don't know what before that kids entails. too. Yeah, before kids too. Absolutely before kids, but. Maybe you guys should discuss an open marriage to see, because if, if anything's going to bring that into the forefront about what you do want and what you don't want, it's I think it would be something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that horrible? I don't no. know. No, because because horrible. because what I like about it is because what if she brings it up to him as just an idea and he's like, it could spark their love for each other, or their hotness say- for each other. He could feel a little jealous or whatever, you know, and it could actually make you guys more connected. Sammy, what do you think? Um, so make him I, try harder. I feel like part of it, like we felt pretty tested. I, I wouldn't say tested, but I think we had a good opportunity to figure out if that was um, going to come up in our relationship. Because when I moved back to Cincinnati, I found out the day I moved into my apartment that my ex-boyfriend, who I was like basically engaged to be married to right before Kevin was living in my building right above me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a treat. And we both had puppies. Um, this was during, like, yeah. So, we so you both have to go out to, like, walk the dogs? <laughs> were, you take, were you walking your puppy with him? Yeah, and, and my puppy has, like, anxiety, but we ended up moving down the street. And so now when he sees my ex, he's, like, super excited, and he's one of the only people my puppy has, like, bonded with. So... That's nice. Uh, Your life is a show. Yeah, I right. Sammy. I married Sammy. Uh, we all married Sammy. <laughs> can I ask you a very personal question, Sammy? Ev- yes, every time you can. Okay, the ex, were you guys really passionate and like having wild like sexual chemistry t- type of vibes? So we went to a super small Christian college where, you know, all of the rules are... Got it everywhere so everything felt exciting because we were constantly having you know to like break rules um and yeah it was a pretty talk to- like toxic relationship so it was super exciting and fun well um, yeah i'm just trying to I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to get a gauge on like what your normal <laughs> dating life is are you normally like super passionate and hypersexual and then all of a sudden you found yourself in this like norm core we don't really care about sex that much situation is that kind of your vibe Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Yeah, she said she was a player. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know what... P- player can mean multiple things. You got to sprinkle that chili sauce back on your spaghetti. <laughs> on your pasta, yeah. On right. your pasta. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to sky- take it to the skyline. Yeah. yeah. What, and, what, and come up with a fun date for you guys. A picnic, something like obviously romantic if you drink. Like, you know, like champagne in the park in the day or something that's like going to be feel like a rom- like something do, that they would do, you know. Do you want him? Like sexually, do you want your husband? Um, yeah, I am not interested in anyone else. And we're no, that's that wasn't I'm, what I asked. Oh, uh, yes, no, I I do when I do. I just am not thinking about that super often. I oh. think I oh, go ahead. Natasha. I have something. I told Moshe because he only wanted to have sex at like two in the morning. I'm sure I've said this before on the podcast. And then he doesn't like to have sex in the morning. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to have sex at two in the morning. So then we kind of like have this arrangement where now, you know, we'll try to have more sex in the afternoon. Afternoon delight. We coined the term afternoon delight. We made <laughs> yeah, that you're up. the first people that yeah, ever said that. That's right. That was us. <laughs> I'm so glad you acknowledged that. Line. But you know what I mean? That wasn't working for me and it doesn't work for him. Because um, he's just kind of a closed off person sexually to have sex in <laughs> the about? morning. Um, I think I think Natasha is the is the is the the wise one here. You just have to put art milestones of like these. This is the day that we're gonna do this, and we're gonna have a romantic picnic, and we're gonna have sex that night. We're gonna have it that afternoon. It's gonna happen then, regardless of what your external circumstances are. You're gonna and then see if that changes the dynamic and I, see if you're feeling it. Because if you're not and it feels weird, then that's really going to tell you something so totally. i would i would amp it up as much as you can over the top make it funny if you want yeah know. spend six months a year doing that and then you'll know at the end of that year if you're like gosh i'm still just i'm still just not feeling it well now you know you have a roommate not a not a partner yeah or have a baby then he'll it'll force him to be your partner no and don't then- <laughs> don't i wouldn't do that no, i can already no. feel you not wanting to do what natasha's suggesting 
<laughs> no. <laughs> you don't want to do something romantic? Oh, no. no I mean, the baby. It's oh, the baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, she no, 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 no. That's yeah. not what I meant. Are you uh, down? Are, does that sound cool and exciting to you? I, so, okay. So I'm a therapist and I. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh at that. No, it's, it's, it's fucking funny. Literally, the first thing I thought was like when I saw this was like, oh, two comedians. Fuck yeah, that's who I want advice from. Literally, like I don't want to go to marriage therapy. I don't want to go <laughs> to some other Christian couple. I want to talk to two people who keep it straight and like don't make a big deal of things. So part of what I'm saying is like the idea of doing something on purpose, I think psychs me out. Like if I have to set something up, does that communicate that there's a problem with our relationship? And so I think that's my only hesitation. I don't know. But I thought you said that he sees things the same way you do in the sense that uh, it's more like friendships and roommates. Ooh, mm -hmm. Lorraine, cut into the quick. Yes. Calling you out on your own logic flaws, Sammy. So that uh, why would the, he have a problem with you suggesting this? He, suggesting he wouldn't. I think I... I think You're saying I, admitting to yourself. Yep. May I point out that you called an advice podcast to figure out what to do? Yeah, I thought it was a good medium. I'm just saying you already know there's something odd. It doesn't mean it's a problem. But also, I've said to Moshe, we need to like have a romantic date. We need to get, I need to get away. I I'm, need like, I need to get, I mean, who doesn't need to get away? You know, it's like, it. I, I say it to you all the time. I'm like, when are we going to do something fun and romantic? When can we go to this favorite place can I love? Can you guys travel? Uh, well, I guess you probably can't right now. You could go climb a hill together or go to the park or, yeah, you know, anything. Go to Columbus Go to Cleveland, <laughs> you know, go to Akron. So just get but out there, see the world. Yeah, I can. <laughs> That's a great idea. See the world. Yeah. Um, a weekend at a hotel would be awesome because it, it almost engenders Just do sexuality. it once. You know, it's, you don't have to change your personality. Just, yeah. just come up with something that is like feeling romantic that a couple would do and go do it. You know, it doesn't have to be a crazy thing. Right. I don't, you don't have I to don't, do like a hot air balloon and like, you know, <laughs> right or do a calendar where you write sex on the date it's like you can just take him out one you could you don't even have to tell him you yeah, could you just know, i i have i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no please Lorraine. i have a friend who was married and um they were absolutely best friends but one day they both looked at each other and said you know that's that's all it is really so they got a divorce and but they had kids too but they're best friends now Mm. You know, um, and do they have happy relationships with other people? No, they have crazy sex with each I other constantly. I <laughs> don't know what he's doing. I know that, but she's crazy. So there's that. Um, so she's had some. She doesn't have good choices in mm. men except for that one guy. Mm -hmm. So that it's it's been challenging for her. But uh, is your friend Sammy? <laughs> in five years, is it Sammy? In five years, is that your friend? <laughs> But I, I think that, you know, just not being complacent. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like Lorraine's friends, they did something, you know, it's like I think taking steps is always good. And and, you know, m moving in a forward direction. That's moving. So, so smart, Natasha, because eventually this feeling will probably end up either it will could end up bubbling into you becoming resentful in five years. What was a dynamic that was like comfortable will become a dynamic that you resent will become a regret. And maybe it could five be. years or one pandemic or one, one pandemic, one more pandemic, <laughs> the Lambda two the, after the lambda, lambda. Yeah. La after, <laughs> post Lambda post Lambda. You're going to be like, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, oh, oh, do we help you a little bit, honey? Oh, yeah. I also feel like just saying it out loud kind of like made it less of a big deal, honestly. So yeah. Sammy, isn't that the case with therapy in the first place? It doesn't matter who the person is. It's just that they're not you and you said it out loud. Honestly, right? Like there's I have no respect for therapists. Right, Sammy? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right. OK, well, bye, Sammy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Good luck. Bye, Sammy. Bye. You guys could have prayed every night for two years lit <laughs> candles and never have gotten a guest that good <laughs> she was awesome but she you know, was wonderful i mean she's trying she's a wild woman but she's also to a be, christian uh, to, therapist i know she's a wild yes. woman that's trying to be a christian therapist housewife and it's just not working that's oh my that God. was my take
It's That's just cute. and it was an onion slowly un- being peeled away. And a also, so- a I'm a Christian. And also, I'm a therapist. Uh, a, a soy candle slowly being burned oh away. God. See, that's why she loves Cincinnati. She's Christian. See, but that is a difficult thing when you are a person who's smart. She clearly was smart and got your shit together. But also you want a dysfunctional asshole to be your love, your love partner. You want some wild man like the Fonz to pull up and <laughs> take Like the Fonz. That's exactly it. Like the Fonz. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lorraine, you had great advice. Yep. I feel like you helped us Thank so you. much. Kind so of, did and, you guys. But I liked that you kind of filled it out with like an opposite approach. Because that is what you should do when you're seeking advice is get some opinions and yeah. i feel like cobble yeah. together what is the most you and what is what is the, what is the most resonant to you yeah i i think you have a laser pointer through bullshit lorraine that that would be my assessment of your advice you well, find where the bullshit w- is wiggling and you burn it away I, thank you I, I am scared that the whole idea of suggesting an open marriage is going to come back at me and i'll be canceled or something but I don't think we'll that, see. I don't think you can get canceled for that anymore. No, I think the opposite. If you said like I am against open marriage, then you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, okay. That's when you're in trouble. Now you're judgmental and you're anti-sex positivity. I right. honestly, I think that was good advice. I think this has been great. Uh, well, thank this you, has Lorraine. Been so fun, you guys. Thank you for having me. Well, the next thank time, you. next time we see you, how about it's uh, at a dinner and we like hang out for real? I would that love would that. That would be so fun outside. So fun. Yeah. Okay, awesome. This was awesome. Lorraine, nice to hang out with you. You too, guys. Okay. See you soon, I hope. Bye. Here. Bye. She was awesome. Yeah, she had great advice. Great advice. And, just and she cool... agreed with me that you shouldn't let your 20-year-old smoke pot until their brains are fully developed. That's okay. Well, you won Honestly, that I started at 23 exactly when she said. I think that's smart. I'm I mean, just... I didn't really start. I tried it at 23, but I didn't really start smoking heavily until um, January 2020. <laughs> <laughs> till uh, co- t- right uh, just as coronavirus was being transformed into COVID-19. Exactly. That's when you really got yes. heavy into marijuana. On, on COVID. COVID Eve. COVID Eve. Uh, yeah, no, I liked Lorraine. I think she just, that she was like a cool person. Uh, yeah, she is. You know who else is a cool person? Who? You. And you know why I think you're so cool? Why? Because I love you. Oh, thanks. <clears throat> I love you too.